Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast, where we sit down with everyday people who do extraordinary things. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is actually the, I think, third time that I've tried to record this. Uh, Each time getting a few minutes into sort of what I want to talk about, which is this drama that's been unfolding in the Southern Ocean. And uh, then it just sort of trails off into the weeds and it just doesn't feel right. But luckily, uh, at this point, now that Ian has been uh, pulled out of the, not out of the ocean, but uh, off of his boat puffing and uh, knowing that he's safe and everything, it, uh, I don't know, it feels like finally like this this whole thing is sort of complete. and uh, And now I feel a little bit more able to talk about sort of this subject because it's not in any way shape or form like uh I don't know it's 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 like the worst you know it's the worst nightmare situation you you're on your boat you get hit by this huge storm uh the boat's already pretty damaged um or at least, you know, you, you know, he went through when he was rounding Cape Horn. And this is like, I, I'm just going to go right off the cuff on this one. There's no, I don't have a computer in front of me. I don't have all the stuff because I've been watching it for days now. But, you know, he rounds Cape Horn in pretty heavy, ugly seas, big winds, all that sort of stuff. Throws his drogue out, ends up getting wrapped around his <clears throat> wind vane does some damage there and then he goes and anchors pretty much right there at Cape Horn for like a week almost and then you know takes off and and heads you know past the Falklands I thought for sure he was going to pull into the Falklands to at least do some serious repairs or something like that um but obviously he felt like things were must have been okay and continues on and then just literally comes into it's like a watching this this system develop and uh the center of it be so intense and go directly over him i i couldn't even imagine when i when i looked at the reports uh on windy uh, of what was was coming for him and this was yesterday look at it in the morning and I switched over from wind to wind gust and it showed gusts of a hundred knots in that area. I mean, a hundred knots. Ah, and he's, you know, he's way out there. Ugh. I mean, he's 300 miles North of South Georgia Island. He's 900 something miles East of the Falklands. You know, there's a, uh, there's like it's the worst nightmare scenario. I mean, the the only thing that he has going for him is the fact that he is in that race, and so he's got all of the support crew uh, for the GGR, Don, everybody that works in that organization to coordinate the rescues and things like that. But holy cow! I mean, I think about some of the stuff. When I'm out there sailing, it just, 
hmm, it's not good. I mean, it really isn't. Like, there's there's none of that. And I, I'm not by any means trying to, like, compare uh, and say, you know, oh, what I do is more more dangerous, da-da-da. I mean, obviously it, it certainly is, I suppose, but it's it's more of a reality check sort of moment of, you know, I'm thinking I'm thinking back to my knockdown and, you know, 400-something miles northeast of Bermuda, you know, if that wave had been a bit bigger and we actually got rolled and the mass came down, you know, what, what sort of, what sort of, rescue effort would we would I be able to put together I can't even imagine he he had he had been able to get in touch with race headquarters you know while all this stuff is going on and that to me I know what it's like to be in those situations where the weather's just insane the waves are insane you're you're basically just holding on the last thing I want to be doing is trying to communicate with other people and and do anything other than focus on what the heck is going on at this point. I mean, it's just I I'm I'm trying to sort of I don't know, just not really put myself in that position and I I'm not going to sit there and try and dissect what he did and and what I thought might be better or any of that sort of stuff because I have no reference for that. There's I have I've been in pretty ugly situations for sure, but I have not been in 100 knot gusts, 90 knot gusts, 88 knot gusts, all these different reports that were coming in from that. I mean, that's that's absolutely hellacious. Uh, it just, I couldn't even imagine, couldn't even imagine what it would be like to be in that. I mean, that's that's so insanely intense to try to be on a vessel that is propelled by that same force. You know, it's one thing to be on a fishing vessel or something like that. And you're always using this motor against the seas and, and all that sort of stuff. But when you're on a sailboat, it's, that's your power source and it has to be harnessed no matter how light or strong it's actually blowing. I don't know. It's, it's it's really given me quite a uh, quite a bit of thinking to do, and you know it's also one of those things where coming off of the last trip that I had, and just about to head back out to sea, and test all this equipment and see if I did these repairs correctly and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know. It's uh, a little bit. Um, I I don't want to say it's ominous. The other day we woke up because we had a nor'easter down here in South Carolina and it was blowing pretty hard gale force right offshore from the Northeast. And we ended up with this huge, huge amount of reeds that blew out of, out of these rivers and all that sort of stuff. It, you know, Sparrow was essentially landlocked for a little bit. I looked at that and the first thing I was like, man, someone's like trying to keep me, <laughs> keep me from going. But the weather forecast looks good, uh, coming up at least. So I'm hoping to be able to get out of here on Saturday. But, I, you know, after, after watching this whole drama play out over, you know, not only just the past three days, which my buddy Scott, he, he hit me up and, and let me know what was going on and the fact that the system was coming up. 
And man, I just, when I looked at that, I was like, holy cow, he's, he's in for it. Like he's going right through the center. And this thing, it essentially was uh, pretty much like a cyclone. It, it had, instead of just the complete circle with the eye, it essentially was very, very typical Southern Ocean low pressure system where it has all the telltale signs of a cyclone, except it has this big ridge that goes from the center due south. And, you know, essentially, if you're, if you're anywhere in that perimeter, when it passes over, your winds go from north to south or, you know, northwest to southwest. And so he's also dealing with these just crazy, crazy different seas. But the intensity of the wind was just the the thing. I mean, you know, I'm sure there were 25-foot waves steady, uh, which also pretty much means there were definitely going to be some random like 30 to 40-footers out there which is insane. It's huge. It's crazy. Um, you know, I've never been able to figure out and I have no idea how big the wave that, that pushed us almost over was, but, uh, I couldn't, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it essentially, Hmm. It's one of those things where, I guess, thank goodness he wasn't in a place with a two-knot countercurrent because <laughs> that, well, that would have just been game over for sure. Um, but, yeah, it just, it's it's throwing me for a loop. And, yeah, I'm trying to, I mean, it's like the worst case scenario uh, outside of, you know, basically drowning, going down with the ship. But, you know, you've got this boat and everything is tested. He's been out at sea for like 200 something days and pretty much on the home stretch of getting out of the Southern Ocean. I believe he was at about 46 degrees south or something like that. And then just got dragged south even further. And, and as soon as that wind shift hit and all of a sudden the winds went 50 knot plus, Oh, geez, it is, it's hard. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to put yourself in that, in that place. And I don't know. I don't know if it's something about the fact that, cause you know, obviously I've read all these different stories, a storm too soon, um, all these other crazy storm situations that sailboats have been in. And, but to have it play out in real time and be able to watch his position and watch everything. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm so glad that he's safe and I'm so glad that he's rescued and all that sort of stuff. But trying to put myself in his position where the boat is pretty much gone. I don't think they're towing it. I'm, I would assume that, uh, you know, probably ended up just opening up some valve or something like that. I, I can't imagine they would just let it drift, but the boat is gone. And when I think about Sparrow like that, I couldn't even imagine. I don't know. I uh, it, it does not compute in my brain just what the heck. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even want to try to picture what it would look like to have that much water down below on Sparrow and then be basically walking up and trying to get the life raft and everything ready and then having Sparrow sink under the sea or just have like the mast down and trying to cut the rigging free. I mean, it was a big enough shock to have to, to see the 
solar panels and the gallows and things like that dragging behind the boat and having to cut those free. That was a pretty big shock. I couldn't imagine if it was my mast and now, you know, I'm I'm actually just like dead in the water and oh geez Louise. I just it's it's definitely thrown me for a bit of a loop, that's for sure. Just watching that whole thing play out, man, oh man, that's it's scary. It's really scary. And it it definitely puts into perspective kinda the risks, I guess, that uh, I take when I go out there, um, you know, and I, I think they're, I don't know, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, you go out there and you've, there was somebody who said one of the, one of the things that happened after I got back from this last trip was that the cards got reshuffled. Uh, which meant essentially that you know the the deck was the deck was stacked against me for quite some time after sailing around the world and then making it around the Atlantic in the hurricane season and then going through tropical storm Wanda and all that sort of stuff and then finally just getting tossed uh, pretty much upside down by that wave it's kind of like a reset uh, but I don't know I I don't know if the I don't really put a whole lot of faith in that those percentages i suppose but it's yeah i don't know it's definitely food for thought when it comes down to it it's kind of like well what's going to happen when i get out there and uh my storm meets me i mean now i know at least what it's like when my wave meets me when my wave finds me out there uh what's it going to be like when you know, eventually some big, gnarly, crazy, apocalyptic storm rolls over. And how am I going to actually deal with it? And what am I going to do? Um, and I think when I see this sort of thing go on, then all of a sudden I'm kind of thinking to myself, all right, well, that's a reality check. So what are you going to do? Uh, and I, and I, oof. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't even have a drogue on this boat, but I, I don't think I would ever want to put one of those out anyway. It's just not it's not how my brain thinks. And, you know, obviously to each their own in every situation and all that sort of stuff. But it's just never been. It's never been that method that I prescribe to, you know, it's always been it's always been run, run as fast as you can run with it. Go, go, go. Uh, take the sting out of the wind as best you can and and try and keep the boat just happy and, and going with it. But, you know, there's definitely going to be points where that just doesn't work. I mean, if you if you look at sailing a serious ocean, John Kretschmer, I mean, we're, we're talking uh, for reaching, just battling it out, taking the brunt on the bow knockdown after knockdown. But you're in you know, you're you're at least propelling yourself forward into it <sighs> I yeah I don't know I don't know it's it's one of those things I up until this last voyage I've always been able to sort of get through with uh unscathed if you will uh, through these little systems and these things and yeah I don't know I I don't know. It's 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 definitely giving me some some serious uh, thinking to do, and I don't know. It couldn't come at a better time 
Today's Tuesday. So I got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I got three days left, and then hopefully Saturday or Sunday I am out. I'm going to head out. Uh, the weather forecast looks fantastic. It looks like light winds with a little bit of a north shift, but nothing to write home about. And uh, pretty much I'm looking for light winds. I'm looking for a nice casual sail. I know it's April, and you know, you're never guaranteed that, and the systems are still rolling off. I mean, last week we had this nor'easter down here, and it stretched all the way down essentially to the Bahamas. So I don't know. It's It's like amped up the voltage a little bit for this trip and i'm just trying to get out there and get a little bit of sea time uh before before the summer starts and work starts and all that sort of stuff but boy it's um hmm, i don't know it's crazy but i guess yeah to go back to to ian and and everything just in case anybody you know hasn't uh been following along with that yeah, essentially he's anchored there. He's down in in uh, around the Cape Horn area. He's anchored for a while. He's doing repairs, getting everything fixed. He's got a hydro vane. Uh, I've only seen them. I've never used them before, but they're they're pretty substantial for sure. Not quite an Aries. <laughs> Let's just say that right now. But uh, definitely pretty substantial. And I know a lot of the other competitors have had issues with those and 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 everything, but. Yeah, uh, to head north and get past the Falklands, and then you're thinking, okay, I I can remember when I was down there, I was just like, all right, get me north, get me north, go, 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 go. And there's a bit of a countercurrent that comes down uh, kind of along the coast uh, out a few hundred miles from South America. And uh, originally my plan was to try and get a bit of easting in before heading north, but... At that point, I was just so sort of shell-shocked from being in the Southern Ocean that all I wanted to do was go north. I was like, north, 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 get me north, get me out of the Southern Ocean and into just some happier, calmer, less violent uh, water. I, I just didn't want to be as vulnerable as I had been for you know the last four and a half months. And I went through three different systems, I think, after passing north uh, or getting north of the Falklands, because the Falklands are still at about 52, 53 degrees south. So they're way down there in the furious 50s. And you still got to get all out of the roaring 40s, all that sort of stuff. And man, it just, you're just dead set on it. And the worst part is these low pressure systems, as they're coming now across, you know, in the past, you're trying to ride the northern edge of these. So you stay in the westerlies. But now you're so far south that typically the center of these things is north of you. When it passes over, you're getting all these heavy north winds first, and then you get rocketed up by these southwesterly winds as it passes over you, but the seas are all confused. It's just a nightmare. It really is. I had some of the worst impacts beating into and hove to, uh, wading out sort of these low-pressure systems. But I, I was lucky. I only had to go through three of them. And the last one was where I set the record or the top speed of the voyage, 20.9 knots surfing these waves. And that was at night, too. I'll never forget that. I can still literally picture, I can picture where I was sitting down at the nav station. So remember the red glow of the little light above the nav station. And I just remember looking over at that screen as we just screamed down this wave. And the, the propeller was freewheeling pretty much the whole way around. <laughs> and, 
and it just vibrated. Oh, it was so loud, and it just was crazy. Oh, my gosh. But looking over at that screen and seeing those numbers come up, 20.9 in a West Cell. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely crazy. Uh, but those are also the conditions that can just, you know, they can go from manageable to then absolutely unmanageable and crazy and terrifying, and it can happen just in the blink of an eye. Um, and I, you know, I can't even, I try trying to think about what Ian's been through over the last couple of weeks, not only the last three days, but, uh, since, you know, going through the bad weather down at Cape Horn, just not fun stuff, not fun stuff at all. And, you know, you might feel like it's like the ocean's out to get you. I know I've felt that way plenty of times, and it's just the luck of the draw, really. You never know. Uh, some people go through and they get nothing but light winds, and it's a beautiful sail, and others get get their teeth kicked in uh, by the ocean. So you never really know. But in any event, yeah, I don't know. I, I know this is kind of an odd, odd little podcast, but it's been, like I said, I've been watching this thing, watching this thing play out, and I wanted to – do some updates. I want to do the YouTube updates, but the internet's just not great anymore. And I can't do any of the live stuff anymore, which is unfortunate. Uh, that would have been fun to sort of dissect it, but it just freezes up and all that sort of stuff. So I have to kind of forego that for now. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I, every time I tried to do this podcast before I was trying to, I think just be a little like professional and I had all this information and I, I was going to be able to read out some of these reports, but Ah, it's not my style. It really isn't. Let's let's just be real. Let's let's keep it how it is. So, all I can say right now is cheers, Ian. You are on the the ship. I I did read. I think that the ship's uh, bound for Cape Town, South Africa. So who knows how long he's going to be on that one? That'd be an experience, wouldn't it? You know, you get you get plucked out of the ocean, and then you're on like a fishing vessel, who may or may not be still operating uh trying to actually catch fish you maybe end up picking up a nice job or something on board make a little money before you get to port because uh you've lost your boat not not that i'm making light of this by any means but you know i'm thinking if this was me <laughs> you know the boat goes down i lose it that's gone there you know there's no insurance or anything like that not on not on old sparrow we're uh we're we're sort of dancing around the old uh, facts of life on this old girl. So, uh, yeah, I mean, ah, to let Sparrow just disappear, I, you know, I think in some ways that would, that's, that's definitely a thing that I think prods me or would prevent me from, from ever taking, uh, getting off of this vessel if she was still floating think it would just have to be coming up with some sort of jerry rig or whatever to be able to make it back in or make it to the nearest land because uh yeah sparrow's my home it's been my home for a long time now and uh i don't know if i could ever like walk away from it especially if it was still floating but again who know i maybe if i was out in the southern ocean uh in the middle of april yeah i might i might just be like hey I'm going to make it out of here alive, so I don't know. But in any event, yeah, I know this is a pretty short podcast. I've got a lot of work and stuff I have to do to, to get everything ready, and it's obviously it's tax season. 
So there's all these things. Ugh. Facts of life. But I am hopefully going to uh, be able to get one more update in before I actually set sail and possibly one or two little short podcasts that will come out while I am out at sea. But that is neither here nor there. Tonight it's uh, taking a, a, a stiff drink for good old Ian out there and and his vessel puffing, you know. Let's not forget about that. Brought him through quite a bit of bad weather. And uh, although it is now out there floating somewhere or possibly being towed, who knows? Uh, yeah, it deserves uh, a moment of silence and uh, a nice little tall pour. Mm. Ah, that was a quick moment of silence. So anyway, thanks for listening. Hopefully this update makes sense at all. I don't even know. But uh yeah, check it out on the GGR 2022 website. It's pretty crazy. The news updates. Don's been doing a great job of keeping everybody in the loop. So uh, hats off to you over there and to all the people who were in instrumental into that rescue. That's that's pretty incredible that somebody can be in trouble in that part of the world and get picked up essentially within 24 hours. Um, that's just not something that is normal and uh i think that's that really shows to the fact of uh how organized that race is and uh just how how safe that team of people have made sailing alone around the world so hats off to you and uh until next time thanks for listening